0: And when he presented that, I was like, yeah, this sounds fun. I started to like really enjoy the business side of things as I started working because I'd never really worked. I'd just done like lawns and paper routes yeah. in, as yeah. a kid. Yeah. And I started to enjoy the business side of it and almost started to see it as like a game competition mm-hmm. like sports was for me where you go, all right, yeah.
1: what are we going to do next? And yeah. what are we going to do next? And how are we going to get it. better? Daniel Dorn's story is a great reminder of the importance of patience and having a long-term perspective in business. However, maintaining patience has not forced him to give up his ambition to grow. As an athlete, he was wired to constantly look for ways to improve and succeed. Combining patience and ambition, he has been able to go from working in construction to now buying and growing several blue-collar businesses. In this week's episode, he shares his story and the qualities that he thinks have enabled him to see that growth over the years. Welcome to Work is Good, a podcast where we aim to help people enjoy and excel at their work. We do this by having conversations about the beliefs, qualities, and habits that make that possible. We also start every episode with a brief housing market update and a mortgage question of the week. My name is Landon Buto with Cleveland Street Mortgage, and I host this show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Please enjoy this week's episode. All right, Daniel, thanks for joining us this week. Appreciate it. Um, Dad, we're going to start with general Mortgage update. Okay. And as usual, anything new this week or? Similar yeah, I mean as we're following week? on
2: the heels of you know Powell's remarks last week. I think the markets were, or many people were hoping that they'd begin to signal the end to the increases in the federal fund rate, and they were disappointed uh, because you know basically Powell communicated a, a strong commitment to continuing to increase rates until inflation gets down closer to yeah. the target of two. And we're a long way from that. However. Um, You know, rates are still, like as of today, they're still below 6%. You know, first-time homebuyer can get in for, let's say, 5.875, 5.933 APR. So so rates are a lot better than they were three months ago. Um, What's happening this week, we have the um, uh, Producers Inflation Index coming out on Friday. And that coupled with the fact that we're in you know Christmas week, it's a thin trading week, yeah. things can be pretty vol- volatile, so I think people should just kind of be aware if they're actually on the cusp of locking or they have something they can lock um, but overall, you know overall, I think we're in a good we're, we're in a good spot, and uh, I still think we can anticipate rates to go lower, but perhaps later next yeah. year.
1: yeah i I have been kind of looking around like Zillow and just just for friends, mostly just mm-hmm. taking a look. And, you know, we bought, Holly and I bought in September or August, and um, it seems like since then listings, you know, it's really hard to find anything in our kind of range of around the area of sub 500, and then um, in the last couple weeks just looking around seems like there's more out there that's reasonable in terms of listings and then combine that with lower rates. seems like the next couple months could be kind of a sweet spot
2: yeah no
1: Totally. hard to say Um, okay we'll keep the mortgage question quick this week which I'm gonna make it the the difference between I got this confused a lot and I think I have it pretty clear now but uh, the difference between getting pre-qualified and pre-approved is someone's going to get pre-qualified versus pre-approved. What's the difference there? If, if they say they're pre-qualified, or
2: yeah, I mean, there some of it's semantics. You know, there there aren't any technical definitions of those words. Right. You know, it's not like it's something where you know there's there there's a authoritative yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, you know, I so you know pre-qualified can be as simple as having a phone conversation with someone. So like you know, if I talk to Danny on the phone, I say, Danny, where do you work? You know, what do you make? Um, how much money do you have for this transaction? How do you think your credit is? Yeah, You know, there, a there, there's a level there right. that, that I've actually sort of pre-qualified him, but I haven't verified anything. Yeah. Now, depending on how, you know, honest he is and then how complicated his situation is, if he's very straightforward, he's worked at Boeing forever and we're just using his salary and he's got all the money sitting in a savings account, there's no real complexity there. Now, I'd still verify that to get to a pre, you know, pre-approved level then I would pull his credit because mm-hmm. even even someone who's being completely honest doesn't really know what their credit score is, right? You can go to you you can credit go to you know credit karma or, or your credit card company will give you numbers, but they aren't mortgage scores. Yeah, you know, and so 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 you pull credit, and then especially if it's someone who's self-employed, you know, whose income is going to be a lot more complicated, who they won't know what an underwriter is going to tell them. You know, they have no idea. They may have an idea of what their income is and maybe very right. accurate for their purposes, but they won't know what an underwriter is going to do with that. So, so then you get their documents, you, you you review that, you verify that, you recalculate, you pull credit, then you run it through electronic underwriting, and that's the Fannie Mae engine that says, okay, if these data points are true, then we would approve this loan. And then you verify those data points, and that's that's where a human underwriter comes in yeah. and verifies that. And so there's pre-qualified, could be as little as a phone conversation. There's pre-approval where you can run it through that, and then there's pre-underwritten, mm-hmm. where then you say, okay, here underwriter, would you just would you just check right off these points? Yeah. And that's kind of the strongest thing people look for. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, sometimes it's not that much more valuable than just a pre approval if the person's straightforward. But if you have a complex person, that can help a lot to just say, okay, we've got someone with variable income. It doesn't have to be self employed, it could be just someone that works hourly at Walmart. You know, but they work 30 hours one week and then 35 the next week and then 28 the following week. And so that's kind of hard to know, too. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um,
2: And so for that reason, you might want to get pre underwritten and then you write that on your pre, pre-approval letter. Yeah, great, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, we will shift over to Daniel. We're gonna get into a little bit of what he does and um, what they're doing well over at his company, which I think generally is blue collar, is that accurate? Yeah, uh, actually, we we'll just, just kind of
0: re- rebranded, re-branded well. it. We're okay. just
1: sticking with Doran
0: Holdings. Okay. We couldn't get over the spelling. We were trying to spell it wrong because it was cheaper. Trying to save some money. Were you K-O-L-L? K O L L? Capital K A P.
1: Oh, so I just that. couldn't. I was like, ah, nah, we're going <laughs> to switch it. We're not going <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was, that's <laughs> funny because I was just, uh, I kept typing blue collar in the text or something, and for some reason I had K going through yeah. my head, but I kept saying C. So yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, so, Daniel, we're going to just start with just give us an overview of what, what you do, what your role is right now, yeah, and uh, and what what company you're involved with and what you guys do.
0: Yeah, so I started and have worked with Barrier Technologies back in 2013, and that was my main source of everything until um, this last year. So I just had that business, was growing it. That's a little bit of a longer story of how that came to be, but... And that was my day-to-day role was running that business, and then in 2022, I started to diversify a little bit. Um, bought part of a gutter business, and then also bought a outdoor living space business down in Olympia. And okay. so my day-to-day role now is just overseeing a handful of people who are running
1: those those businesses. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Okay, and um, what? Uh, in at Barrier Tech specifically, what was kind of your your role there before you branched out? Yeah. So
0: realistically, when you first start a business, you do everything. Yeah. So that <laughs> so was, that was your yeah business. yeah and and I started with my father-in-law okay. and then bought him out in 2017. But that's when I really made the leap to go on my own. Basically, I decided to jump in, and from there, I was doing everything from 2017 probably to 2020. Okay. And then we hit the level where I could bring on some more key people to help. Yeah. Um, but my role in the last few years has been specifically sales and okay. then just making sure that we have the hiring done that needs to happen to get the jobs done. And now I've kind of handed off those responsibilities yeah. to a couple key people for sales and then operations. So cool.
2: yeah. cool. And where what does that then relieve you to
0: do? S- so uh, and this is I would say probably what I'm best at is figuring out new things that we can go after right so i focus on figuring out new revenue streams within barrier technologies for example we bought a company that did fireproofing and now we can do fireproofing we're now looking at doing waterproofing so i'm doing the research and then making connections and figuring out what we need to do what equipment we need to do to buy to then add a revenue stream and then hire some people to grow so i'm more focused on growth with that business and then with the other business basically setting what they're the growth Trajectories and what can we do to kind of increase margins here and there. Right. So I'm more expansion and then also just making sure so strategic
2: leadership. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. So how much of that is if you're if you're looking for growth opportunities, um, just day day to day? What what is? It? Are you looking for companies out there? Or are you identifying yeah. what fits well with you guys?
0: So I'm a glutton for opportunities. So okay. I'm I'm like I'm on business broker websites. I have all the things emailed to me, so daily I'm scanning those for anything that could be a potential fit. I've talked to drywall companies, talked to you know inspection companies, and start researching and looking at that. Um, but day to day, it's looking at you know where are we at cash wise, what can we make happen, and then for example today I was talking with one of our key guys about this other service that a company is asking us to do, and we started to do the math on how much it would take to get mm-hmm. us set up. And so, I'm more just exploring those opportunities, Yeah. and to be honest, I'm still putting out fires here and there, Yeah. so it's just, I, I, I do devote specific time, Tuesdays and Thursdays basically in the morning, to really scan through and do some research and figure yeah. out what I could do outside of barrier technologies,
1: but yeah. barrier technologies
0: is just meeting with key individuals and saying, hey, what opportunities
1: are arising? Yeah. what can we go after what yeah. we do yeah so i want to get more into that and more of because I, I think that's that's kind of where where you're excited what you want to kind want to hear what what things speak to you what criteria you look for in companies what, yeah um but just to get a general picture first um or i guess just a little bit more of the story of you gave us an an overview um can you describe a little bit more in, in detail of those decisions of that process of how you got into sales in the first place and, yeah. and your story specifically over the years to to get to the point where you're at right now?
0: Yeah. So where, yeah.
1: like start so, you know, where what degree did you get in college? Where did yeah. you, did you go to college? Yeah. From, was I was uh,
0: like? I was a sports ministry degree. Okay. Which is basically sports management. I wanted to play soccer and so went to this small Bible college that had a sports okay. ministry degree and mostly went to play soccer and have fun I got a sports management degree to coach soccer there you go similar yeah same boat yeah and then uh, you know I got out and my wife and I were dating we weren't married but then I met her dad he offered me a job to come out and work here for him in the construction industry and just learn from him he owned a business for a long time and made the move to do that I thought I was gonna coach soccer and that's what I was gonna do but I decided to come out here and do that and then through some unique circumstances we had the opportunity to start the business doing fire stopping together. Okay. Which it's uh, one of the, a, a guy we knew said he was retiring. Turns out he was not retiring. He's actually going to jail. And so we helped yeah. him finish some jobs so his wife could still get paid. Yeah. And okay. then we started a new business. We didn't buy his business or anything. We just started a new business. Yeah. And re- my father-in-law and I were partners. I was still working for him, but we were partners. And so then,
1: what made you, like, because I, I could see that being, you know, in that role, in the role you were in, just kind of maybe work your way up through the years. And, and what, what triggered in your mind, like, I could actually, you know, initiate something here. Were, were you the one that started, or did he come to you? No, it's all, honestly, it's all you, my or?
0: father-in-law who, yeah. he, he said, hey, this opportunity's here. Okay. Would you want to run with it? I don't have the bandwidth to okay. basically do it himself. Okay. I could, gr- I could grind and do the stuff I needed to do to make it work. And I'm young and scrappy, yeah. and he was, you know, hey, we could do this. We could he was, not. He was
1: not. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's at a place in life right. much farther yeah. along where
0: he, he didn't need to do this. Yeah, But yeah. he saw it as an opportunity, yeah. and I, I'm thankful that he did. And he offered me the opportunity to say, hey, let's do this together. You can do the, the grunt work, get going, Yeah, and then I can help you get the infrastructure. And he had clients that we could then chase down, which is really helpful. Yeah. And That's so, awesome. yeah, that was – and when he presented that, I was like, yeah, this sounds – fun i started to like really enjoy the business side of things as i started working because i'd never really worked i'd just done like lawns and paper routes in as a kid and i started to enjoy the business side of it and almost started to see it as like a game competition Mm -hmm. like sports was for me where you go all right what are we going to do next and what are we going to do next and how are we going to get better yeah and so that was us working together and then in 2016 there was this tension of. Well, I work for him yeah. and we're partners. And I wanna grow this thing. And he's okay where he's at, but I want to grow this thing. And we basically just talked and talked and talked and I went, Hey, I would like to jump out of my own. I can't I can't focus on the employee side for you. I wanna right. build it. Can I buy you out? Because it's gonna get more expensive to buy you out later if I build it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we basically said, Let's draw a line of sand, let me buy you out. And we can just be father-in-law, son-in-law. We still have a lot of synergies. We still talk about work, but we don't have to be partners yeah. anymore. And it yeah. was great. Honestly, it was great for the relationship. Not that the relationship was bad, but it's just sure. great that that part of it was just clean. Now it's like, yeah. hey, we're right. We're clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But then that's when I really started to run. It was like 2017, where it's like, okay, now if I don't do it, I don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> Versus when I had a job, still where I was like half growing it. I had the mm. the budget side, Now I was just like, it's all up to me, and that was yeah. the fun, that, that's when it started to get real fun, I yeah. think, I enjoyed that. Yeah, so, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, thanks for filling that in, that's, that's a neat story. Um, Yeah, I mean, dad's Dad's got a really easy foundation for me to come into, and, and I'm technically marketing, but he lets me fiddle with some business development ideas, yeah. and, and I've really enjoyed it, and he has all the infrastructure in place and foundations in place so I can just kind of fiddle in when I can and run with things so I get that that's been fun it's been a fun yeah like you said it's a game it's It's like you know how can we win how can we improve and you yep. and I, I love it makes a lot of sense yeah I went there yeah and
0: honestly um just work like working with him was great I, I enjoyed it yeah it was just we came to that point where it was all right how do we move forward if we're going to do this? I really want to go hard in this. Let's do it and let's figure it out. And then it was, you know, it's been great. Like we're meeting next week to talk about, because we have similar pay structures and everything Hmm. for our guys. So next week, he and I, actually Friday, we're meeting together to talk through, hey, 2022 or 2023 compensation plans for the guys. We want to have them pretty similar Hmm. so that the guys are all, they all commingle and talk a decent amount. Yeah. And so we just make sure they're all aligned and we talk about what sales are coming and what things are going. Yeah.
1: Still work together a lot and have a lot of synergies, but yeah, it's good. That's cool. Awesome. So, yeah, what, I mean, I I think you've, you've hinted at kind of where your specialty is, what you do well, but, um, is there something that stands out in your mind either at, um, Doran Holdings? Is that right? Yeah. Or, or that you personally do that, You think helps you guys succeed especially?
0: Yeah I mean uh, to be honest I was thinking through what has helped me be successful and I think really it comes down to a couple things. I've been pretty conservative with our financials so as like as we've gone I've only grown at the speed as which we could grow. I'm not a big fan of debt. I'm not anti-debt necessarily. I think mortgages are a great tool where you can build wealth but if you're going and get credit card debt and lines of credit, they're at ten percent, seventeen percent, right? And then you all of a sudden don't have the revenue come to back in, you can be out of business pretty quick. And I've grown
1: fairly slowly hmm. um, and yeah, consistently. I mean, 2016 kind of sounds recent, but it's yeah. eight years now. Yeah, know, yeah, it, it,
0: yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, but yeah. So we what that's one thing is we've not grown too fast, um, and that has allowed me the opportunities to take advantage of. Things that come up as like, hey, this could be a possibility. Like for example, the gutter business. I was meeting with the guy who owned the gutter business. I was watching the cash, and I was going, he's growing too quick. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about it, and then eventually came down to, oh, okay, well, we can help solve his problem as long as we can ensure that you're going to grow at the speed is what you can grow, and we'll then have equity in that business. And that has allowed me to do that. Same with the other business, I was able to see an opportunity and then chase down it, and then create a deal. And I'm, I'd am i say one thing I'm pretty good at is making creative deals. Hmm. Like even the structure of buying out my father-in-law, mm-hmm. the structure of buying these other two businesses. If you can negotiate and find ways to transfer risks to other people, yeah. then you can do things. How did you come by that skill? Is,
1: is it reading or Necessity. ideas? Or? Necessity. Necessity. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because I didn't have the funds to do a lot of things. Yeah. So basically I was like... I did read a lot of books on how to buy businesses. Mm -hmm. I read a bunch of different things, but functionally, creativity is the only limitation. If you're if you're going to buy a house, and you had a person who's willing to loan you the money, you can shift the risk around. If uh, mortgages might be a little different because there's a lot of laws related to mortgages. Maybe bad example, but with the (laughs) business, I can go to a business owner and say, hey will you finance this deal? Here's my goal for your business. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna grow it by this much and this much and this much, and I'm gonna sweeten the pot for you because you're taking the risk too. I'll give you a percentage of it when I take it and run with it and grow it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you tell them your vision and paint the picture yeah. of where you want to go and Just say- figure out who can you help, right.
1: what do they want, even if they don't know they want right.
0: it. And then you can also say, hey, I'm not personally guaranteeing this, but right. you're buying into me because I painted the picture of where I'm going are you willing to take that ride with me and take that risk? And so worst case scenario, if my business doesn't work that I went and bought, they can take back the business and I lose a very small down payment, mm-hmm. right? So there's things you can do if you're creative and you're willing to negotiate and talk through things and find the right deals where you can make things happen. Um, the same thing was true of building a house. Like if you want to get a construction loan, it's quite the process to actually get a construction loan, get it approved, do all that stuff. I found a creative deal where I went, all right, I know a guy who knows a person who owns some land. I went and knocked on the lady's door, took my kids and said, hey, can we buy your lot next to you off market and, you know, make a deal happen, then finance the build ourselves and then refi after because it's easier than doing the construction loan, right? 100%. So there's there if you're willing to be creative and you have the drive to continually look for opportunities, that's when they arise. And I probably looked at 30 businesses before I bought, the one I bought in Olympia, hmm. and that's I think the thing that's the key is you you got to be always looking for those things, yeah, and, and then and then be willing to say no to twenty nine yeah. of them, to do the one that does work, yeah. Because if you bought one of the ones that's not good, then you might just rush into something that's not smart.
2: Now you're not necessarily looking to be long term partners with these people you're buying out. Do you have a goal for kind of when that buyout happens? When that you're...
0: actually, so there is a little bit of that, but it depends again, creative creatively, right? The Olympia deal. I bought the business in, ter- in terms where he will be a long-term partner. Okay. Yeah. He had to sell for a unique circumstance. He had a religious conviction in his church that he goes to where he had to sell the business. Hmm. But he could continue to operate the business if somebody else owned the technology. He's Mennonite background and a great guy, but he had to sell the business, but he wants to continue to grow it and carry on his vision. And so I was able to create a deal where he can work, run it, pay a salary percentage of profits indefinitely as long as he runs it and then basically we're aligned incentive wise and that is a key thing with a key employee you have to align incentives to where they're going to line up and do the things you need them to do to make the business profitable not have skewed incentives where it's tied to only revenue and then the business is not profitable they're getting large payments and then I'm not yeah Yeah. so there's yeah and then the gutter business there's a short-term plan of him a being able to buy us back out so that we exit but long-term is the goal I, I want to do business with people who are long-term employees and if if we do buy one then get somebody in there who can be tied to the bottom line and run it for us so yeah so
2: you're so you're looking obviously there you know financial metrics but there's a value alignment too Yeah, a hundred percent to go with
0: that yeah the, the Olympia deal I talked to him in June of 2021 and we didn't close until June of 2022 took a year of figuring out if we're going to be in align, in alignment culturally. Right? Mm-hmm. Can we work together for a long time? And there were points along the way where we thought it might not work out. And part of that was value. Part of it was, you know, so just it just, just, it just are we space. sure that we're on the same page of where we want to go with this thing? Yeah. And then, yeah. It, but it takes patience and time, and that could have... Yeah. And it costs money, too. You had to do diligence and spend a lot of time digging into all this stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's... If you're not consistently working at those things, you're just not going to do the deal. You're not going to get it done.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't know if um, you happen to catch any of the the episode with Brett Baker, but he talked a lot about just patience and yeah. in growing your business and not growing too quick. And he hit on that a lot. Yeah, that sustainable growth thing yeah. was right. yeah. Right.
0: It, that was actually interesting. Ben Metzger, who works for me now was telling me about that episode and about the guy because he knows him as well right mm-hmm. and we both kind of went through and looked at the different businesses and we calculated out what we mm-hmm. think it could be and there's variables but we were using that thing from the podcast that was helpful so it's great awesome. yeah cool.
1: yeah um uh, i'm gonna
2: no royalties brett sorry yeah no, no royalties <laughs> yeah
1: although <laughs> yeah. Gonna... i do want to meet him so yeah you yeah, yeah okay we, we can yeah. hook you up yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. great uh i i'm gonna Circle back to this, but I just had a thought. I'm I am curious, how you got, you know what, what did that? So Barrier Tech mm-hmm. was the the your first company. Yep. Um, what was grow what what grew you guys? Was it just doing what you were doing well and then sales or what like, what yeah. what grew you guys over the
0: years? The minute that I said I'm not going to do the installing side anymore. Mm. We grew a lot because it was, I'm going to focus on because sales. Because you started installing Right. And so the first thing was me getting out and saying, I'm going to focus solely on sales mm-hmm. to grow that. That was the biggest thing that jumped us initially.
1: And, and what then, were sales for you? Like, was it phone calls or connections, um, no, meetings or LinkedIn? Or?
0: Going to job sites and walking in. And just talking to people and trying to figure out who the person who can make the decision. Is. It was I hate it to this day. Yeah. I still will occasionally go down and just go find a site that I've never been to and try yeah. to find the person. It's yeah. not fun. Yeah. But that's what it was. It was going yeah. to you find a crane, you see a new crane pop up, I'd go to that job site, walk on, find out who's the person, figure out what's goes to work or there, and then just talk that's to great. people. That whole first year was that. I just yeah. go to everyone. I had a CRM where we were tracking all these different wow. ones, and I just worked my way through them.
1: And did you pitch right there, or did you arrange a, a meeting? No, it would be pretty much help.
0: on the spot, I'd say, yeah. hey, who's doing what scope?" so you'd figure out yeah. who's doing what, and then I'd ask if I can send out a price, and yeah. then it might be some follow-ups to get yeah. the information I
1: need, but yeah,
0: yeah so cool. it was, yeah, it was chaotic.
1: Yeah, But yeah. Yeah, and I cut you off there, was there a, a second? Kind of step there you're, gonna or the you're going to add? The next steps on? would,
0: I mean, you're just following up. And yeah. then as far as growth beyond that, so yeah. that was the first jump. The next jump was when I started to go, okay, there needs to be more than one salesperson. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. that's where I started to bring on um, a couple sales guys who have been able to help with that. We also did start up Portland Division, which has helped growth. We we started in a new market, sent one yeah. of my best employees down there, and he's really taken off and run well with that's it. Awesome. I'm actually going down there tomorrow to meet with him. That's cool. but yeah, he's done great cool
1: awesome well yeah so coming back to the big picture of of your creativity looking for deals that patient growth um and it it th- i think this is a tough one to think about but i'm i'm curious as you're thinking about if that's your strength if that's what 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 helps what what helps you guys do well how do you continue to improve in that quality yeah um, especially with something like creativity yeah
0: i mean creative deals is my strength but the 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 thing that i think will allow us to do that is getting the systems all dialed in which has mm-hmm. been kind of a bottleneck for us and that's when we acquired these this last business it started to break things cuz you're like oh we got to have better systems in place mm-hmm. because we, yeah, I can make the deal happen, but then things might go crazy. Hmm. So that's, yeah. we we basically had to take a pause and go, all right, no deals can happen for a little while. Yeah. We needed to dial in our systems, our processes, how we're going to onboard a new business. That was the first time I bought one where I actually did a real transaction, Yeah, where lawyers were involved, lots of different things, yeah. versus the other business I bought with the fireproofing. Right. Basically, that entity just closed, and it was small little business and we yeah. acquired them and rolled in and there was no like branding and yeah. all that stuff. The Olympia one was that. So now we're getting that stuff all set up so that we have a playbook that, hey, I'm going to keep looking for deals. We can evaluate them. But yeah. when we get a deal to go through, here's the steps that we're going to take to get everything operating smoothly.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, Having those systems allows you to yeah. Make that creativity effective
0: our speed of growth is basically now paused because yeah. we did that deal we could do something where we start a business but i can't really acquire a good business at the moment unless i go and raise money and i don't i'm not really looking for partners yeah i'd rather just grow sustainably at the rate we are and then if a deal arises and it seems like it'd be a good use of capital and time then we might pursue it but right now we just need to operate efficiently yeah,
2: yeah get what? things done what um, you know, where people talk about recession, you know, the, as, a, as a real possibility in twenty twenty three, and um, you know, as, as a deal maker, that's kind of a double edged sword. Sometimes, yeah, you know, sometimes it it creates many opportunities. What What are your thoughts about? That? Um, I I go back and forth all the time
0: with Barrier Tech, just to give it um, perspective for each business. Barrier Tech. I have our contracts locked up through 2023 and we have jobs into 2024 because it's new construction. And once a building's in the ground and starting to come up, they're going to finish it unless something crazy right, happens. Right. So we have some certainty there. The consumer-facing one, I we've seen a decline in sales and we've seen things slow down and it's, it's kind of uneasy because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And all that found home equity was great to put to work on your paver patio last year and the year before and this year will it be the same way that's that's a question i'm not sure about but we're looking at it from the perspective of people will still do it if we're the highest highest quality installer in the trades that sets you apart pretty quick if you come showing up dress nice can sell well communicate well you can overcome things they're not just going to stop work altogether there will be there might be a slowdown but we have the cash to work to weather that storm, right. and to hopefully, what what I've read, but I haven't lived through a recession, um, is it's easier to buy leads at that time because people start to chicken out on spending money on marketing. Right. And uh, there's a guy, um, Colin Hathaway, who he owns a bunch of plumbing businesses here, Southwest Plumbing, and a handful of others, and he talks about that. That's they've actually done well because they know they're marketing well enough to where they know they can spend some money on some things in recessions where people they can get leads cheaper they can get in the door quicker and close deals and actually operate efficiently during a recession mm. I don't have the experience I will I started working in 2012 mm. so Great. I'm,
2: gonna, I'm gonna be learning yeah. with everybody else yeah. <laughs> but
0: we'll, we'll figure it out yeah. and we'll make it work and we my thing is we just need to be conservative financially to where we aren't overextending ourselves, and then we're really hurt. Which we have a fairly healthy runaway with that stuff, and most of our costs are variable, to where we can start to make changes if we need to.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've I, I've heard something similar. You know that that you know liquidity is key when you enter into these kind of periods because you know if if you're illiquid and you start to get pinched, then you've got to liquidate at depressed values. Whereas, right. whereas if you've been conservative, you've got some liquidity. Then you know. Then you can weather the storm. Hey,
0: right. I'm I'm interested in being on the other side of that, where hopefully we can buy some things on right, cheap. Right. But we'll see. I, I I don't know. It's it's so different than anything else I've ever seen, just economically and the uncertainty of what's going to happen. I mean, are they gonna are they gonna actually start to taper down rates, or are they gonna keep them? It, you guys are playing in that world all the time, but I watch it too because I'm going that directly affects home prices, Boy, affects which everybody. directly impacts people's willingness to spend money on their okay. own so yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've I've seen also
2: there's a ton of commercial real estate debt that's coming due in the next couple of years yeah and so that's going to be you know hugely impactful and what happens there in the next couple of years i so
0: definitely I'm, grateful for the fact that we live in the area we live in with at least the big boys around Amazon Microsoft right, right. those guys yeah. Are, yeah they at least give us some level of cushion to yeah right? to, yeah that's true.
1: Yeah, well, I will close with a question kind of related to our, our thesis that work is good. And I'm curious what you would say about just on the, on a the day-to-day um, in, in your role, what is it about your work? Um, is it, you know, the providing for your family? Is it the, and it could be multiple things. Is it the, the actual services your companies provide, the competition? What is it that Is your favorite part or or any favorite part about the work that you do?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a big question. But I think, to me, the amount of responsibility as you add employees Mm. and as you add team members and as you have different things that are going on, um, it just it adds to the importance of what you're doing because it's not just my family that depends on me hmm. delivering. If I make fiscally irresponsible decisions I could have to lay off 30 guys hmm. 40 guys. So um, and then they're trying to figure out life. So that kind of adds to the purpose but the thing that I love the most is just painting a picture of where we're going hmm. and then getting a team together and trying to get there. Yeah. Like the, the activity of uh, December's my favorite month of the year planning, figuring out what you're going to do next year, figuring out all that stuff, and then working hard for a year to get to that point. Yeah. I, just, I just view it as a game that is a good game, and we're providing great services to people, we're providing great jobs to people, and we're making the economy around us go, and it's just a fun thing to be a part of. I, I love it.
1: Yeah. I enjoy it. It's awesome. Yeah. Great answer. Cool. Well, thanks, Daniel. Thanks, yeah. Dan. thanks man. Glad to be wonderful. here. Yeah. Thanks, Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Work Is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it, leave a review, and listen next week.